second official episode of the Business Holics. Um, our first, our, our second topic actually for episode two is uh, implications of COVID nineteen on the U.S. economy and how China could become the world leader in the financial world. Yeah. So what we've seen recently was one of the worst stock 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 market uh, stock market crashes that we've seen since the Great Recession in 2007 through 2009. And the stock market is slowly recovering, and some days it's really good, some days it's really bad. So it's really just been back and forth. Uh, we also recently uh, hit record GDP growth of 33%, which is obviously big ups. Uh, the coronavirus is affecting pretty much every human in the U.S., with schools being closed, people being out of work, bars, restaurants, everything being closed, open. It's really back and forth for everyone, and there's a lot of new restrictions every day. So we're going to take a look at different sectors uh, that make up our economy and kind of how they've been affected from January 2020 when this starts to uh, present day. So I guess, uh, Amani, if you want to start with, like, from the t- I think from the top of the sheet we can do. Sure. So, within the first few weeks of the outbreak, coronavirus killed over 10,000 Americans, and um, unemployment went up significantly as companies like Apple, Starbucks, McDonald's have all um, closed a lot of their locations. Yeah, and a record 23 million people around the world are out of work, or in the U.S., actually, Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks since the virus, like... Uh, it's probably escalated by now, or yeah, it might be I mean, recovering. I mean, like major companies like these employed a pretty decent amount of people too, and uh, right. it's all stores in China as well. So that's obviously a big part of. Uh, yeah, and actually, through it all, China has actually been growing exponentially. Like they, they haven't even experienced negative economic growth. They've it's only been positive for them. Yeah, we'll get to but, that soon. Yeah, like a lot of. Uh, trust dropped in them though like the uh demand for oil and tropo in china dropped more than 20 percent especially with like their vaccine work and some of their numbers their speculation they've been changing their numbers too. do you think that's right because there's a lot of conspiracy on that uh honestly i have no idea i mean i guess i would have to look into it more to be honest but yeah yeah because i was looking at like one of these vids on youtube and then they said china has been saying for the last couple of years that They've experienced growth at seven percent, but like in the reality, they've only experienced growth at two and a half. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a pretty big chance that they're probably faking some of the stuff that they're saying, but there's yeah. some truth to it, or else it wouldn't be like claimable. Like he wouldn't really even be able to say it. There has to be some kind of well. Then again, like how much can you even hide? That? Hmm. Yeah, how much can you even hide? Like considering. Yeah. I think that there has to be some kind of truth behind it, but I'm thinking the number is a little inflated. The number is definitely inflated because 7% growth is... Weird. Yeah, that, count, that sounds weird. really weird considering that's the U.S. Crazy. barely, like, yeah. And especially no, but now, too. That's unheard of unless it's nominal um, interest rate, or, sorry, um, nominal growth in GDP where their um, currency is fluctuating very quickly i doubt that that kind of gdp is actually um taking like that type of gdp growth is actually taking place yeah i, yeah. I really doubt it yeah, i doubt it too 
I yeah, so if you if you look at the financial crisis that COVID-19 has caused, you can see all these restaurants, all these bars, all these nightclubs, like even the the health, education, the health sectors, retail, transportation, all of them are suffering. And the statistics really go to show. Yeah, like if you look at like theme parks and hotels is like part of the leisure and hospitality sector, 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 you can see like, like let's look at Disney, right? Disney had an 85% revenue drop at the end of their third quarter, which is like at the end of June. And Universal had a 94% drop from April to June, which is equivalent to $339 million. Uh, Hilton's also losing 56%. They have a 56% decline revenue per room uh, as of April 18th, and they closed a thousand hotels. So a lot of these businesses just and companies really just like can't keep up. They're probably recovering by now, right? Because I, they I should heard like, be by now. Right. Yeah, like Disney and Universal, I think they are allowing like a lot of people because it's in Florida. I understand Six Flags though, like not um containing yeah, a lot of Flags, people. Six Flags is net loss during their second quarter with like a hundred thirty seven million. Yeah, that's that's real that's really that's, big. Yeah. That must and plus yeah. they're they're not even that big. They're not like big named uh from the standpoint because they they've, they've been around for a long time and they're uh and it, it's it takes a lot for them to bring in money mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of these parks won't really be able to operate uh and make full revenue until until 100 percent capacity yes, exactly yeah 100 percent capacity um yeah, yeah, because like even it. if you look at the lines normally they're uh during mm-hmm. the summer they might be around two hours long but now with the capacity thing they might only be around 10 15 minute wait like max yeah. I think that it's going to be hard for them to expand. But as in terms of revenue, it's going to be like the whether these companies survive is going to be whether or not they can break even at this point. Yeah, I'm yeah. to make a profit. Right. It's not really about making profit right now. It's more about um, like the Bring sinking or swimming. Yeah. Yeah, and if you move to like uh, restaurants and bars, you can see how the stock price change dropped around seventy two percent from mid February to mid March. And uh, Darden, he's like the owner of these big uh, chain restaurants. Yeah, big chain restaurants like Olive Garden, places like that. Longhorn. Yeah, and you can see that uh, there are rumors that these places are going out of business. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Olive Garden went out of business. Yeah, they're. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of bouncing back a little bit, though, because at least when COVID hit, they had kind of online business kind of already set up. But, I mean, it's unlikely they're going to reach their full potential because they were down even before COVID. So this obviously just didn't even help. And especially a tight space like a restaurant who probably has to be one of the most careful about their social distancing policies. That's going to be a big deal. You know what I uh, found really, like, weird? What? The, um... Chick-fil-A, if you look at that, they, they've been experiencing actually more capacity. Like, there are more people are going there now. Because, like, if you yeah. look at the one near the Costco and Marlboro, there it's always full. It's, like, going out of the store. Like, the line is that long. Yeah. yeah I saw that. that there's, that's, like, new, though. That just opened. So yeah, isn't that, no, isn't that weird, though? Because that's, like, well, isn't a it lot of Chick-fil-A's. If it's yeah. drive-through, then um, yeah, a lot of people are no, it's going. not even a – it's, like, both. Yeah, but no one's going inside down. the restaurant, like right? Yeah. It's new, too. So, of course, their business is going to be a little bit inflated right now. 
and they're gonna make a lot more profit. Right. And then they'll yeah, kind of so normalize later on. Even Chipotle's line isn't even that long. Everybody likes Chipotle though. Yeah. I want Olive Garden now, guys. What happened? I want Olive Garden now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so... Isn't it really? It, it, I think it really depends on the demand of the restaurant as well, because yeah. you know something like it also and also depends on the name, like something like Taco Bell. It's been exponentially down since. Uh, it's also in the same location. I'm pretty sure. So, um, Chick Fil A and uh, Chick Fil A and Taco Bell are competitors as well as Chipotle. So, and all the revenue that Taco Bell would have gotten, it's going towards chipotle and chick-fil-a right but i think also it's going to be whether or like how well i guess um taco bell or chipotle can adjust to like these new covid standards yeah do you think they will be able to um i think that right now chick-fil-a is doing a very good job as in terms of you do the drive through and then you pick it up on the side Taco Bell is doing the same, so I I don't know if they're comparable yet. It's it we're gonna have to see, right? Yeah, I I think it's more hurtful though. Like COVID has been more hurtful on companies like JC Penny, right? The like, JC Penny closed a lot of stores. People yeah, are actually able they, to take um, really good advantage. They're, they're of them. close to bankrupt. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, but, like people were actually able to take really good advantage of them because their their stock share uh, their stock price dropped. The people who started investing in them and started kind of going back up slowly. Yeah, honestly. And I mean, like, even out of like restaurants and like department stores and everything, I think bars are the most risky spreaders. No, I think, I think nightclubs are because, you know, you're actually like meeting new people. That's the whole point of a nightclub. Well, yeah, but like, that's the whole point of a bar, too. Well, a bar, you can just sit at a booth, you know, and then just like eat. If nah, it's like it's, a sports bar, considering yeah, something like that. It's stats. And I'm gonna have to agree with Devin on this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's bars. It's bars. Because like, think about it. Like, if you want to go to a bar and like actually like enjoy yourself, you have to take off your mask to drink, talk to different people, do really close spaces. Well, are people gonna outside. even want to go to a bar? Everybody always wants to go to bars, <laughs> but it's winter time too. So I mean, you can't you can't like go outside. Like, there's no like heated stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there's been like outbreaks where people will go to bars, and then people who are like friends with people who went there will also get COVID, even if there's like restrictions and masks and temperature checks and everything. So, yeah, it's just really hard to control that, especially like when things like that happen. It's really hard to control. Right. I think it's just going to be like all the leisure kind of companies are going to go out of business. So you go to the mall leisurely. You go to the bar leisurely, and I think that's where a lot of the downfalls are happening. Yeah, and that's not even going to hurt the – it's not going to even, like, statistically show that in the economy because uh, stuff like – leisure time isn't even included in G- GDP calculations, right? Oh, my God. That's um, a limitation. That's no, it... no, it's um consumption. It yeah, might – actually, yeah, it might be. It's consumption. Yeah, and leading into the education and health services sectors, you can see all these medical services, they've been, they need to spend more on medical supplies now 
because all these people getting COVID. Like, I I heard a statistic the other day. Uh, the U.S. reached around one million cases or something. Yeah, something like that, right? That too. Um, I heard actually the weekend after Halloween, or I want to say sorry, two weekends after Halloween, the COVID cases doubled in Jersey. Really? Yeah. That's that's interesting, and I I can't even imagine the the how much all these things all all these supplies are costing and how much the medical sector is suffering from a funding standpoint. Yeah, I mean they've had to delay other health conditions too. So like, uh, people who have like non-communicable diseases, they've had to have their uh, like condition screenings and diagnoses all the all um like delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, hypertension treatment that's also been delayed. Diabetes related com- um complications that's been delayed. Cancer treatment it's all been like part like kind of disrupted because of this because they need to focus more energy on there, which kind of like you know, of course that's not as that's not great for everyone else, but they started putting in like new policies. So basically, uh, there's like strategies implemented where countries can support the treatment of uh, non-communicable diseases, so like Parkinson's and cancer and things like that. And in addition, they've also started using telemedicine more to just like give consultations without uh, actually being in person. But I've heard like other doctors and stuff say that like, it's just like not the same. Like it's a lot better if you're in person, but I mean, they can't really do that right now. Especially with someone who'd be like high risk that already has a pre-existing condition. Like a non-communicable disease. Well, I think that's why people are not going to bars because they want to really look out for uh, the old people or like the old family members they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Especially because bars are like really deadly sometimes. Yeah, because everyone's touching everything, you know. Yeah. And uh, the transportation sector has been down to like the MTA. I know the MTA was getting a lot of flack back in April because they were kind of handling it poorly, as I heard. Uh, and it was just like, I mean, it's like a whole big thing, and that's like a really large public transport system. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, in April, they had 40% of train trips canceled in a single day, 800 delays. Uh, and in April, 41 died and 6,000 fell sick. And uh, so that was in April, and now it's up to 24% that had COVID. So again, that's a pretty high-risk area, too. And I know they like they started cleaning it more. But still, like as a MTA worker, they they're still at decently high risk to get it. Like one in five chance for any kind of workers well, is pretty it, high. It, aren't all these things like the retail, all these different sectors? Isn't that going to result in like cyclical unemployment because of the recession? Like, is uh, that why the unemployment rates are going up? Yeah, I would say cyclical on the uh, standpoint that um, if it weren't for a recession. Uh, unemployment rate would be higher. It's not um, structural because they're um, what's one called? I'm sorry. Um, technology is changing, and that's not why um, unemployment rates are going up. Yeah, and we're not even including the the people who may have been searching for jobs during this pandemic and then couldn't find one, so they just gave up. Right. So right. I don't yeah, even the, the, the discouraged too. workers number. The statistic. It's not even. It might not even be fully correct. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be deflated. Uh, so it says here, uh, generally, small business revenue across uh, had fallen 
Oh, across all industries had fallen by 90.1%. Yeah, do you ever see so, all like, those interviews on the news? Like, all these small business owners are complaining because they want to open back up and they don't really care about the coronavirus? Be- they really can't. They can't even afford to, but they kind of have to. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you think do you think p- small business owners should be able to choose if they want to open back up? Do you think, like, that should be their choice, personally? I think I that know. is... that. I think that should... I, I don't know, because I think, I mean, there's a lot of small businesses. like Yeah, but they're, lo- like the yeah, like, like they're losing all of, um, like, companies that have been around for 30 years or so. These small business companies, they're going out of business, and, and that's happening everywhere. Yeah, that'd be so many people. Like, the majority of U.S. businesses and, like, half of private sector workers are small businesses. But I yeah, think exactly. consumption so, is a choice. Yeah, look at the economic toll on, on the country. Because these small businesses didn't open up. Yeah. We've almost then, come to the point where China could overtake us because they're the second biggest economy and they're growing while we're we're facing negative economic growth. Yeah, but China could also be boosting their numbers a little bit too. But I mean, like, look, there's always a trade-off. So, like, yeah, sure, these small businesses, like, let's say we allow them to open up. They'll do great, let's say. And then the cases will go back up. And then what? You know what I mean? So there, there's always like a kind of trade-off, and like generally, small business revenue across all industries has been down by like nineteen point one percent. Yeah, wait, all the um, I, I think all these small businesses that opened in the most recent months. Is, so is that why the second quarter GDP growth was thirty-three percent? I would think it might so. Be, I mean, they're slow. Not, that yeah. seems logical. They're in my slow. Opinion. No, because they're only they're only slowly opening. They're not really like, um, they're not really like fully opening and operating at full capacity. Like well, I think it depends earlier. on the state, right? Like Murphy, I think, implemented some new COVID-19 things the other week. Yeah, something. but even then, even then, that's not going to cause a 33% growth. That, that's a massive growth. Yeah, like something like Florida, for example, I'm pretty sure they opened their small businesses even months before New Jersey did. So I think they'd be better off right now, right? Economy-wise, Again, maybe, Economically, I mean... of course, but I don't know about like safety-wise. Yeah, so that's there's a there's a trade off. There. Yeah, I there is a trade off, like how 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 much you want to get, I I guess. Yeah, but remember, there's always uh, even if the uh, the stock market and the economy is just like really really bad, there's always great economic opportunity to take advantage of. Like for example, oh, there's just one, but like I think this one was kind of obvious after, but like Zoom stock went up like exponentially. Well, yeah, that's because it's in high demand. Yeah, and like, I don't know too many people. That, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know too many people that invested in Zoom back in March. Yeah, I didn't even hear of Zoom until I didn't even know yeah, Zoom never, either. Yeah, until like the I, summer. Yeah, I never, I didn't even know that it existed. So, yeah, there's just like things like that that are always going to be there. So, I feel like as an investor, too, I think Zoom's going to always be around to... because let's say you can't go to school you know, because like, of a snow day, it's, it might still be there, right? Yeah, actually, I was talking about that yeah. with my brother last week. There'll never be such thing as a snow day anymore. That's insane to me. Yeah, because Zoom's there. So, what what do you need a snow day for? There better be snow days. <laughs> yeah, who I even knows, so. man? Yeah, I would hope so. But I mean, yeah. So Zoom stock has gone up a lot, and so there's always something. You always got to think ahead. Like if this happens, especially in the beginning too. Like if this happens. What are we going to need to do? And then what stocks are going to be affected by that? Take a look at their stats and then do what you want to do. Right. 
I think that's like that's just uh, I think general advice. I mean, that's kind of obvious advice, but I mean, still, it's always helpful. Yeah, that's 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 really important. It really could change the way we we live. So, from a national economic standpoint, many are arguing that the effects of COVID nineteen are going to halt the current fall in the equilibrium interest rates. So, a great deal of the government spending and the borrowing that's going to reduce the surplus in savings, and that actually is the crowding out effect, and thereby lead to a rise in interest rates. Right, and um, with all these things going on, like the stimulus check, and um, I think the government is almost giving like one billion to Pfizer. Like, that actually has negative effects on like businesses because it's going to be so much harder for them to um, invest in their own like, in their like own like, um, like COVID. Like, say. I'm trying to think of an example. Say, oh, like the Olive Garden barriers, right? The Olive Garden barriers are going to be harder for Olive Garden to buy because the interest rates are going up because the government is deciding to um, to spend more and borrow more from the bank. So there's a limited amount of um, like money that can be borrowed. Yeah, I now. heard they uh, already expired their $400 billion loan or something on government spending. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I I don't. That's hmm. something I I read about in, or heard about in a video or something. Okay. I mean, the national debt has also increased a lot too. I mean, that's that was like, I we kind of figured that of course there's going to be increased spending, and the the debt. Well, yeah, even yeah, like because of the, all the different financial sectors that need more money just to function or just to like keep their head above the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus stimulus checks, too. Yeah, I think stimulus checks was a big one. Yeah, like relief spending, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have, they have to help people who lost their jobs and things like that. Yeah, so if you look at the changes in GDP in, in, two, in like the beginning of 2020 when COVID was really starting from a small thing and it was really escalating, you could see that the 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 demand shocks in all of these goods was really really hurting consumers and then we really saw it was such a big issue and then you can see the everyone was like freaking out and stuff and that 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 played in part to the aggregate demand shock that's why all these the stock market hit a record low since the great recession in around january or early february yeah i think there's going to be a lot of shocks demand wise and supply wise and the fact that um, as soon as the economy starts to go back up, like, and consumers are ready to spend, um, suppliers won't have that kind of inventory just because they haven't prepared for that. Because right now the market's just so volatile. Yeah, they had to, I remember, like, back in, I think it, was it, like, April Yeah, like, May? the, yeah, they, just, they just had to keep pumping money into the The more market. inventory all these businesses so stored the they they had they couldn't just they, they couldn't just like cut costs they actually had to reduce uh the amount of production which hurts gdp and then they also had to reduce on un- uh the reduce the employment because they didn't need all these employers anymore or these I- employees mm-hmm. 
So if you, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what'd you say? Um, but then I think once they lay off these employees, it's going to be very hard to get them back. And then when the market does go back up, they're going to have to drive up their prices because everyone's going to like everyone's going to be at a shortage. Yeah, I I really think so. Yeah. And especially with the new tax plan coming in, isn't that do you think that's going to have an effect on these small businesses as well? From an economic standpoint? Um, you're going to have to explain the tax plan to me. I'm sorry. Like, for example, if let's say you uh, we, we face the 62 percent tax plan or 61 percent, maybe on tax plan in New Jersey. Okay. Like, let's say you're a small business owner and then you have to deal with this and then you're 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 facing this tax. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to levy the cost? Is it going to go towards the oh are you talking about Biden's tax yeah plan? are you gonna like levy are you gonna oh, levy okay. the uh the tax or like all all this extra cost are you gonna levy it towards yourself or are you gonna levy it towards your employees or the people who work under you it depends i think how much under your business is and how much demand you have because why would you levy that tax towards your business or towards your um yeah towards your business and your employees if you have no demand yeah that makes sense it is a subsidy right yeah i'm pretty sure okay yeah so it just depends on like where's the best place to allocate your money so if you have let's say you only have like a little bit of demand well why would you go about and like employing more people instead of like, or if you have, if you have high demand, right. Say you're um, like a tech company at that, Mm -hmm. at which point you're going to want to use that subsidy towards maybe an like more hiring more employees. I think it just depends on your current situation. Yeah, I that really makes sense. And if you even if you look further into GDP, you uh you can get into the expenditure approach. So, Amani, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Let me just get on that. So basically, the expenditures approach is how you would um, approach GDP through consumption government, net export, and investment. So it's any spending that would go into the economy. So let's start off with consumption. So consumption is, so basically has to do with demand of both um, consumers. So in the, pro, in the um, sorry. The, what the are people consuming at the stores, you mean? Yeah, so basically anything in the product market. So it's goods and services. And then also what businesses are demanding that are not part of the factors of production. So, so like aggregate demand. Wait, I have a question. Why would like, if GDP growth went so down during the first couple of months, even when all these people were rushing to buy toilet paper, all that, like the stores were like running out of supplies. Yeah, I was how did, how do we, why do we face negative economic growth? Because it's still an aggregate. So while some industries were going were spiking others were most industries actually were um were decreasing 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I said that was that was a really good example of uh, like aggregate demand and consumption, like the whole toilet paper thing. People were going crazy for. Yeah, them. I would think that would be helpful <laughs> for the in the store mm-hmm. standpoint, and then I, unless yeah, the like GDP calculation thing was taken after the uh the like the the pitfall or the um the significant decrease. I think it's just due to the fact that in macroeconomics we always look at the aggregate. So an aggregate is a whole. So we're looking at all of the industries within America and all, there was only spikes in a select few industries, right? Which was just um anything that was mostly need based. So Yeah, um you know like the cons- uh the consumptions uh what is that called it's the like we're all the grocery stores stuff like that uh rather than something like movie theaters yeah yeah it's like um need versus like almost like wants yeah exactly because i'm pretty sure what you can't even get into a theater right now right you can get in if you pay like much more money yeah you can book a private theater yeah but that costs a hundred dollars a movie ticket on tuesday usually costs five Yeah, I know. But, I mean, probably the end, you take, like, a bunch of people. But even then, that's, like, a risk. So, you, I mean, you'd have a social distance. Yeah, like, it's not like you're going to bring 20 people there. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts, facts. The, uh, the government is also kind of, I mean, of course, they're in, like, shambles right now with the vaccine thing. I mean, the vaccine is successful, but in terms of, like, spending, they've, uh, they've been kind of screwed over because they're pretty much, I mean, they're, they're really forced to go uh, fund like vaccines and stuff because right i think especially with the new election um we're kind of more on the democratic side which is going to mean that there's going to be even more spending on top of the spending that we have so we're going to have to implement like more covid i think um the way that's going is going to be there's going to be more covid restrictions and there's going to be more subsidies meaning that the government is not going to have almost like any revenue like there is i think be- between like the next four years there's not we're not going to have a chance at breaking even so what you're saying is that we're gonna the country's going to suffer from an economic standpoint right. but we're going to be we're going to benefit from a health standpoint um i don't know if it's i think it's too soon to tell whether we're going to benefit from Because I think they're gonna Democrats plan to put more restrictions on. I'm pretty sure, right? Right. Because we can even see this with Phil Murphy. Right, right. I feel like it's only until a certain point, though. Like, when are you gonna quarantine until you until what happens? I mean, like, it's I not like, like you can shut down the economy like, again because we can. We can, I don't think the U.S. economy could handle something like that. Like we were like quarantining and then everything opened back up and then cases went up and then we went back to quarantining and that opened back up and the cases went up. Yeah, that's why we're you know not. I mean? Yeah, I feel, exactly. like, I feel like I feel like it all really kind of like depends like the vaccine. Like, the vaccine is probably the most important thing right. to help us survive, survive until we Q two next year because that's what we're kind of looking at. The widespread vaccine of most people who are consumers are going to get it around Q two. Yeah, and it is timely. Like even if you look in Monroe chances are a lot of people aren't going to even go back until September 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and if you look at net exports, uh, there has been a significant decrease in it because many people, many countries are unable to inf- afford the expensive tariffs. So like, you can clearly see this because 
for example, President Trump, he implemented tariffs on Chinese goods coming, uh, coming in from China. So the, the, the price for domestic goods in the U.S. has been cheaper, like to produce something domestically rather than get it from a foreign nation. And that really has helped the GDP growth in America because it's being produced in America. Right. But then that goes for other countries. And that's why we're facing a deficit, because as the as the tariffs go up, people don't want to buy from like America anymore. Because but aren't the tariffs on Chinese goods? I think um, I think also the, the Chinese the Chinese have put up tariffs on us, too. So to import goods like to say, say, like I can order like, I don't know, like a sweatshirt from a website that come and the um, good comes from China, I have, I'm going to be the one that's going to have to pay the, um, the, like the tariff. And do I, yeah, like, mm -hmm. um, do I really want to pay that tariff if the price is going up? Yeah, like many of the companies in the US, like car companies, for example, they might, because of the tariffs imposed on, uh, goods coming into america they might actually set up their factories for cars in america instead of like somewhere like china because because it's cheaper for them and they make more profit but i think they're stuck at that point because like this is so uncertain in the fact that maybe as soon as they set up um a factory here it turns out that like the co the pandemic is all is almost close to an end, so they face a loss now. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's kind of what about investments? Like investors are don't really want to invest anymore, right? I think that it's just due to all the excessive spending on the government side, where the government is just buying too much, the government is spending too much, and then um, like. The banks, they only have a limited amount of, um, of like, was it, like, disposable, like, I forget what it's called. What is it called? Disposable income. It's not disposable income. Um, but basically, it's just they only have a limited amount of money that they can um, lend. So, oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, <laughs> um, in... In this, right, if the government takes up more of that of that um, money that they can loan, um, the businesses have to drive up their interest rates, and to see like how how much profits they can make. And in that in that standpoint, um, the it, the interest rates for businesses are going to skyrocket, and I think that's where investments are going to decrease. Yeah, I because I don't I don't think a lot of investors is not really safe for them because their the the rate of return they're gonna get isn't gonna be that high. Right, exactly. So, as we move on to our second topic, um, uh, so I'm breaking down Chinese policy. Yeah, and uh, like some of their stats. So, at the moment, the Chinese versus the U.S. economy. China's economy is worth $12 trillion. The U.S. is worth $18 trillion. China is growing at a rate of around 2% a year. And the U.S. is growing at around 3.5% a year. Yeah, so but the Chinese economy is predicted to overtake the U.S. economy by 2030. Yeah, and uh, in pre-COVID, America was at the top. But 
it's been it's it changed in 2020. Right. It's been a very significant year. Yeah, I think in terms of like, uh, well, since since COVID nineteen, um, the yeah the economic disaster has led to a path where China's economy could definitely become more powerful than the U.S. Because I feel like they've been taking uh, different steps and reporting different numbers and that. And I mean, un- unemployment in China was kind of big too because McDonald's and Apple also closed all their stores too, which laid off a bunch of employees. And they're like still competing for control too. Well, even if you consider like the economic standards, I don't, I don't think the living standards are the same, right? No. No. Because I think I know. Uh, I've heard on the news that so many people in China, there a lot of them are poor, and there's only like a limited amount that are actually successful. You know what I mean? But that are actually making stable income or financially stable. Um, I also think that this GDP growth has to do a little with the political standpoint on both sides. We're in the U.S., we're so divided, and in China, it's communist, so obviously there can't be any division. Um, so the way we choose to consume is different, and the way that we... There might be silent division, right? Huh? Silent division, in a way? I think silent, but it's not. E- it's not enough... Well, it's not out that we like have. Take action. Yeah, like people are just um, keeping it to themselves, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, if, if they were. were. If was, yeah. Which I think is very risky also. Yeah. Um. So I think that the way that we choose to consume and the way that they choose to consume um, is very different. And I think that that may contribute to the economic growth. Yeah, and as we said before, the the Chinese economy is the second largest economy, and we can see that they've been growing exponentially throughout the last ten years or so, while the U.S. has stayed at a stable rate, and um and actually actually has decreased in t- two thousand twenty. But China's not yet influential uh, in other foreign countries because all their banks are located in China. Yeah, they don't really have but... like a foreign lender, so to say, um, hold on other countries. Right, but I also yeah. think that could be That's a good a thing. Yeah, that is. I, I'm, yeah, because that keeps the U.S. at the top. No, but that could be a good thing for China and the fact that they're not in debt to any other country, so no other country has influence on them. Like, for the U.S., no. we're in debt to so many countries. Um, Like, they do have a hand in some of our politics. But, I mean, China's also getting more involved with foreign nations anyway. So, I feel like their debt's probably going to be Right, right. Soon. So, it's just up and coming. Yeah. yeah, and did you hear about all these, like, advanced technology that Chinese companies are creating? Like what? What do they uh, have? You know, they have something, they, they have something like a digital wallet or something. That's, that's cool. replacing, um... That's replacing credit cards or the the normal payment system. So if you think about it, like all these all these uh, cash registers, stuff like that, they might not even be needed in the next 10, 15, 20 years or so. That's going to lay off a lot yeah, of Yeah, and that's going to result in structural unemployment, meaning that more unemployment, uh, there, there will be more unemployment because technology is going to just simply do the work better than humans and it's going to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even like even with all their technological uh, improvements and their different policies, they're kind of working to implement. 
I still uh, like there's still doubts that the Chinese economy could overtake the financial world, especially because a lot of countries don't necessarily trust China enough. Uh, like the U.S., for example, with their coronavirus numbers and vaccines, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that uh, in the news. Yeah, did you well. have you guys been to McDonald's in the past month? For like the past, you know, like year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you go in there, have you ever seen how they have that like digital ordering system where you go right in? And oh, then, like, yeah. Yeah. The touch screen time, thing, actually. right? Yeah. Like where you just select the food. Yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Like See, that's, that's going to result in structural unemployment because, you know, the, the technology is just doing the job for the humans. You know, I see that in Japan, too. They have really cool stuff in Japan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, very, it's very technologically advanced, so to say. You could go to, there's like restaurants in Japan where like you would order your food on a, your food on a screen. Oh, like at Olive Garden? Like come in a conveyor belt. And like that was that. Was but really I think cool. that. that's yeah, really scary because a lot of the jobs that technology is replacing are the jobs that people are not, um, are very like low in skill. So a lot of people are not um, necessarily as educated in those jobs or they are getting educated which means that those are the people that are going to be collecting now social security people that are going to be collect, like are going to be at home because they don't have any like they don't have anything else you know how the blacksmith jobs don't exist anymore right it's going to be like that yeah it's going to be like that yeah if it gets you know replaced that's a good example uh let's see um but the Chinese government has always been kind of like under speculation because I feel like, um, like, especially with there's a lot of conspiracy. I mean, I know that like they're just conspiracy theories, but I mean, they're kind of interesting stories. Some of them, like the whole origin of coronavirus is still a myth, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know if it was made. In, I mean, there's no evidence that it was made in a lab. Yeah. Like, do you ever so, like, hear about those conspiracy theories, that, like, it like, was, it conspiracy from, like, theories, like, like biological animal. warfare or something? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy conspiracy theories, and I feel like, uh, I guess once, like, you know, the more important stuff at hand, like, how we're actually going to deal with this comes, uh, like, into control, I guess then you can, like, start an investigation as to how everything actually Mm -hmm. started. Yeah, so I don't really think, if they were to take over from a financial leader standpoint, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be in the next even next next five years or ten years or so. I think it's going to be within the next generation. Yeah, probably that that would mostly most likely make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I think the coronavirus has really played a key role in speeding that process up. Yeah. Yeah, for that is that mm-hmm. that accounted for like so many years, maybe possibly five years, maybe. But I also think it's accounting for the fact that um, a lot of technological advancements are happening because of this virus. Well, that's just modern economic growth, Mm -hmm. right? But it's stable growth right now because it's like, think about it. A lot of these like technologies that we have, like, um, well, not like Zoom, but like some other, um, some other like websites that are coming up are mostly due to the fact that people can't come in contact. And those, I think that a lot of technology is evolving right now just due to the fact that, like, we can't go out. Whereas maybe 
this technology would come up maybe five, ten years down the road. Yeah. Yeah, because people have to people have to like quickly uh adapt to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really makes sense. So do you guys have anything else to say? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. So yeah, that basically wraps up episode two of the Business Holics. Um, if you have any questions, please DM us. We'd love to answer questions on the topic, and, and, like if you're more interested. And um, please, please tell Even, others like, about this. Too. If you guys have other uh, topics you want to hear covered by us that you think um, falls into our field, I guess, DM us on Instagram at the Business Holics. 